0: Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Truth Uncut, a show where we tell the truth in uncut fashion, meaning that it's not diluted or mixed in with any other substance. I'm your host Ryan, and with me as always is Kevin Bedard, our co-host, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about addicted to redeemed and how God took Kevin out of addiction into redemption. Kevin, what's up? What's up, brother? How are you? I am excellent, man. What a journey to get here here right now, right?
1: Oh, yeah, this is, uh, (laughs) shoot, I guess since I'm sharing my testimony, I'll just share the testimony that God's been telling me and you to do this for a little while, and we're finally doing it. So love to say I was perfect, but eventually I will do what he says.
0: Right. It only took us three and a half years to get to this place. Uh, But just for everybody this is Kevin. He's my best friend. Uh, We like to punch the devil in the face together although sometimes the devil likes to punch back and you know we've we've walked through a lot of seasons together and um, It's interesting because for the last three and a half years Kevin and I talked about doing this very thing together and um, It took him going to Georgia 3,000 miles away for us to finally say we need to do this so um, welcome bro and, and like I said everyone Kevin is gonna be a regular uh, appearance on this show he's gonna co-host with me and I think you guys will really get a kick out of our interactions we we, uh, we like to talk a lot of crap to each other so you, you're probably gonna hear some things but um, Kevin why don't you just jump right in man let's let's chat let's hear your story you know kind of what God has done in your life um, how, how you got to where you are today and uh, yeah, I think um I think there's a lot there that God's gonna use for his glory. I think you might be muted, bro. Ooh, I don't know how
1: I managed there you go. to do that. <laughs> Thought I unclicked right. the button. That's yeah. all right, I've had well, I'm not I've a had... I'm not a tech savvy person.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I trust me, I know. <laughs> I've yeah. had the same technical difficulties. You just ask anybody that's been watching this show. Um, I've had audio muted and all kinds of stuff, but you know what? That don't matter. Uh, go ahead, brother.
1: Okay. So what I was saying, I don't know if uh, I'm assuming nobody heard it, but I just nope. wanted to go ahead and say a prayer is what I was trying to say. Yeah. So, so, so Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you, God, just for everything that you've ever done in my life, God, and not just for the things that you've done, but more importantly, for who you are, God, for just being the God of creation and, Of God of mercy and God of love. Um, So Father, Lord, I just pray that this testimony, Lord, I just have always said to you, even in the tribulation, and the trials, Lord, that when I go through these things, as long as it's you use this for your glory, that it can be a blessing to somebody else. And maybe I can shed some wisdom into their life, Lord, that I have no problem going through it, though I may complain in it. I know that I'm just going through it. So, Lord, use my life as an example, as a testimony to other people. Lord, as your scripture says, let it be prophetic and uh, speaking life into these people, God, people that may be stuck in addiction or um, different types of things, God, whether it's addiction or it's uh, whatever type of sin, Lord, the feelings and the emotions that sin creates is the same, the shame and the guilt. So whether it's drugs or something different. It doesn't matter. So father, we just know that you are the healer and you're the deliverer for all things, all of our problems. And you're the solution for everything in this world. And we just love you. And we praise you in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Um, So as we were praying a little beforehand, I was just in worship and I think normally when we talk about our testimony, you know my initial thought when you came to me and, and asked me if i would share it is yeah I'd love, i'm gonna talk about how i've been you know through addiction 12 13 years ago and how that ruined my life and how god changed that how he promoted me and my jobs and all this and i was reading in psalms 139 and i think the best part of my testimony is the relationship that i have with jesus um you guys are all, if you don't know me already, I cry and weep um, all the time. So just probably every episode moving forward at some point, I'm going to be crying. So I'm going to do my best to read this without that. Uh, but I want to read the entire Psalms, Psalms 139, uh, because this is really the most important thing in, in my testimony. So it says, oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me, you know, you know, my downsitting and my uprising You understand my thought afar off. You compass my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have beset me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely, "Surely," the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yeah, the darkness hides not from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you have possessed my reins. You have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect, and in your book all my members were written. Which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Surely you will slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloody men, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate you? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And uh, I know that was a long scripture, so most people are probably like, man, why are you reading all that stuff? But uh, that Psalms if anybody has a relationship with Jesus, that Psalm I feel encompasses every single person's testimony and relationship in that. I mean, from, from the aspect of him knowing us before we were in our mother's womb, from him knowing our thoughts and us feeling like we're alone and he's still there. Uh, through the times that I've walked down in the middle of darkness, sometimes most of the time, because of my fault and where I went, because of my right. own selfish desires and my own fleshly desires and uh, lustful thoughts and all those things and the pride of life, and uh, yet His forgiveness and His mercy endures forever. I mean, Amen. that just captivates and, and, and encompasses everything, and that's who Jesus is. Uh, so, anyways, that I think that when if we reflect on some of those scriptures you're going to hear a lot of that throughout this testimony. So, uh, but I'll go back to from what I remember most as a, as a child, I did grow up in a family that was Christian. They uh, went to a Methodist church. Uh, I was just sharing this with my aunt and my uncle the other days. I remember that when I was a little kid, I, I hated going to church. I didn't want to go. And I remember my sister, my parents had this, old Cadillac 1989 BR it's in the back seat was really small and my sister and I hid in the back seat in order to hide from my parents so uh we got in a lot of trouble but we ended up not going to church that day because I don't know <laughs> my sister and I hid back there and they couldn't couldn't find us so anyways but Jesus I was at
0: a young age I see
1: oh yeah well after reading that scripture <laughs> saw it all knew right. everything so um So anyways, yeah, I grew up in the church, but I don't really remember except when, this is probably the first time I ever really felt any emotion or felt when I look back, the potential of something that was tangible in my life. And that was when um, my uncle Kenny had committed suicide. Mm. And I remember I was maybe four or five years old And when I was sitting in the room, my mom and my sister were sitting on the floor and my mom, we were reading scriptures together. And I just remember crying and I don't really remember Kenny too well, but, but I just have a sense that the the Holy spirit was in that room. I, at the time, obviously didn't recognize it. So anyways, fast forward, I, you know, my family used to sit together and we went to church, but when I got to about 16 or 17, you know, I mean, I was a good kid, you know, as far as you know not getting in trouble or what the sure. world would look as a, as a good child but right. i wasn't necessarily pursuing jesus in those during that time you know right. i was just told to pray at night so i said a prayer and went to sleep you know, I didn't right have a so it's
0: kind of you know what, what a lot of people would experience as being raised in a christian home but not necessarily having a personal relationship
1: yeah and i would you know now uh we can kind of get into this later because i will share about you know what what i believe is being filled with the baptism of the spirit and having the indwelling of the holy ghost Uh, Mm -hmm. but i i believe at the time you know coming in in a church like that i didn't there wasn't that relationship and it was i guess i hate to use the word dry but i guess that's kind of the truth (laughs) so like i'm not trying to be offensive i just you know and and this is to not bash any other religion or denomination even though i think denominations are nonsense for the most part because god just had the church and we should have things to unify but uh, right but i think it's ignorant people are ignorant and 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 that sounds from the the world that's like kind of a negative term but in the bible it's referred to somebody who's like unaware unknowing right i didn't know that there was something that i could have a relationship with and the intimacy that that i could have so i wouldn't you know i think when i first came into a you know an apostolic or pentecostal style church and got filled with the spirit i probably had a little bit of a religious attitude and being like yeah their church they're all dry and like i would never go there and blah 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 and you know but but i was one of those people right for all my life so you know how i have a different perspective in, i think in the maturity and, and walking with god
0: well there's definitely seeds planted right like you heard the gospel it's not like you didn't hear that jesus died for your sins
1: no, I heard that. No, yeah. I definitely heard that. I don't know yeah, if I so, really ever repented, unless well, I got in trouble.
0: Well, that's a that's well, that's a different <laughs> that's a different conversation. Part of the reason why you're here is to tell us all the stuff about not repenting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, it's all washed away. So thank God. But amen. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, when I got to the age of. 16 i don't know what happened in my family we just oh i i do kind of so the the church that i went to they didn't have the money for the college in high school students and the pastor changed and i don't think you know we just did well with the same guy or something i don't know so we stopped going is all i'm trying to get to so right and then i just went about my own life and i definitely wasn't living for god from the age of 17 to 24 but in between there bought a motorcycle and there's a scripture that says God uses all things for the good of those who love him and sometimes people have to go through things and I like learning things the hard way
0: (laughs) hey we have something in common
1: (laughs) I can guarantee you Carolyn's laughing upstairs so is Kenton oh oh, yeah uh, they're probably saying
0: you still do things the hard way
1: I'm getting better at it (laughs) Yeah. Getting better at it truthfully. But I think that I've just learned that you end up in a muck of problems if sure. you don't just do it his way. So sure. there's a little bit more wisdom. So anyways, so yeah, I crashed on my motorcycle when I was 19. The first time I ever got a motorcycle and and went out without my my dad, I came back in a helicopter. <laughs> No, if you knew my well you know my mom a little bit but Mm -hmm. my close friends or anybody else would be like oh man you you know my i got made fun of dude i still get made fun of when i go back to san diego you know my friends are like hey bro you gotta call your mom to cross the street dude i'm 36 you know right so oh by the
0: way my my mom's watching she said i also do things the hard way (laughs) so (laughs) you're not alone bro
1: hi tammy miss you so yeah so i end up going to the desert and i end up coming back and that started I was put on pain pills and in a wheelchair and I started kind of going through this depression mm. I would say you know yeah. I would be hanging out laying on my bed because I couldn't do anything else right and my friends would call me and be like hey what are you doing man uh you want to come out and you know my mom hello I just told you you know my mom's like you're not going anywhere you're already gonna you I don't trust your friends and staying home so anyways i they put me on pain pills and i ended up walking in on this guy who is a friend of mine who's sober now by the way he's awesome dude so awesome. yeah he's got a beautiful family and stuff and i'd still talk to him now but anyways i walked in on this guy and walked into the room and he had this piece of tinfoil and he had a lighter and this straw in his mouth he was like <laughs> like doing oh, this gosh. thing i was like i walked in i was like bro what are you doing man like are you stupid And so this is what he says to me. He goes, oh, no, no. He's like, no, you just don't want to do this stuff all the time. Mm. He goes, but it's the same stuff that's in the Percocet that your doctor gave you. Mm. And then I was like, just looking at him like that. And he goes, let me Google it. (laughs) So he Googles it and shows me he's like oxycodone. And I was like, oh, okay. I've already taken that. Like,
0: Man, look how the devil works, right? Just slide that in nice and smooth it's not different than what you're already doing no harm no foul right
1: yeah taking it a couple times when i was in pain and he just looked and he goes hey man you know it's the same stuff you take when you're in pain but when you're not in pain it makes you feel a little better and i Mm. liked it unfortunately Uh, you know some people say that they get sick and that thing but i enjoyed it unfortunately um but now I just enjoy getting high on Jesus so right. uh, that you don't have to feel like poop the next day and you don't lose all your money and your family and hurt everybody around you and
0: True you statement. Know, sleep
1: in the back of your car. That's part of my right. testimony. So, right. Yeah. So this was the cool thing. This was when I look back on this part of my life, even though, you know, I do have imbalances, muscular uh, imbalances, you know, and I have some back pain and things like that. This is the best thing that ever happened to me, man. I'm so glad that I really, I sucked at riding motorcycles because otherwise <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was better than I really was. Yeah. So anyways, you know, I flew off this jump and overshot it and ended up getting life and My bone popped out of my leg and you can probably see my scar somewhere yeah. on there. I don't know if you could see it, but um, I'm not flexible enough to pull my leg up here. So
0: <laughs> We don't want you to anyways, <laughs> I'm bro. Not gonna, I'm not going right. to try
1: I'll end up falling on my butt
0: yeah we don't want so, you to anyways
1: yeah so I, I look back on this this is the beginning of my life i seriously I, I i think that though i put a lot of people through a lot of problems yeah so let's fast forward i'm in and out of rehabs and drug treatment centers and you know I've, i know you've heard this a lot of people have heard this story but i remember after i got in trouble again My mom would just show up it was really weird i'm going to talk about my mom and her supernatural gift but one time i was down in san diego at san diego state in some guy's apartment and because i didn't want to sleep in the back of my car right he was in the he was in the military and he got orders to go somewhere else well he had already had his rent paid for a month so i asked him if i could borrow the key and that's where i would stay and Literally, I remember that there was a Pro Max cookies and cream bar in the refrigerator. (laughs) You know what that is? Yes. Yeah. So that's the one thing that was in the refrigerator. This was my food. And I had a sleeping bag in a completely empty apartment.
0: Right.
1: You know, uh, and I remember all of a sudden that somebody knocks on the door and I'm like, who is a cleaning guy here or something or the maintenance guy? And I open the door. My mom shows up so random and i never
0: this is this is like uh down by the college right so this is like there's a ton of apartments in this place
1: oh probably 50 to 100 apartment complexes in a very very small radius and not only that she just goes into this apartment complex and just walks up to the door and i never answered my phone you know what this is it really kind of messed with my theology though now when i look back on it because i'm like how does how does god do that my you know i love my mom she's not filled with the holy spirit is what we would believe um sure but yeah she just gets this like tugging on her arm and she just knows where to turn right and where to turn left and she'll get to a place and she'll just sit and then all of a sudden god or some angel or whatever will just tug on her
0: So it's kind of interesting you say this because I've, I've experienced similar things in in my journey through addiction and everything. Um, not so much with like my mom, although my mom was heavily involved in praying for me. And, and, um, I largely believe that part of the reason why I'm even a Christian today is because of the prayers of my mom and dad. Um, but I, there's this idea in scripture about, the general grace of God, meaning God, ha, he lets his sun rise on the just and the unjust alike. Right. And he's kind even to the wicked. And and I think that then this is my personal opinion. I, I personally believe that God extends grace. And, and when I say grace, I'm not talking about the salvation grace. I'm talking about grace that keeps us like when I crashed into an embankment at 85 and broke my back, um, God extended grace. I didn't die. Neither did the passenger in the car, God extended grace and used that as kind of like a turning point in my life, kind of similar to what you're saying. And so um, I I do think that because I know where you're going with this, but I, I do think that part of of what we experience in the lead up to giving our life fully and completely to Christ is his grace beforehand. Some scholars call it prevenient grace, which is just a fancy way of saying grace beforehand. Meaning he, he showed you grace in allowing your mom to find you or leading your mom even to you, right? So that you wouldn't end up in a place that you ultimately didn't want to be. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know that it was because of my mom's prayers at that point sure. that I'm even still alive. You know, I was in Tijuana in the back of one of those little shops and I overdosed.
0: Mm. And
1: know, happened to be there with some girl who's in medical school. Wow. And she was she was high too, but she knew how to do CPR and apparently they gave me CPR. I wish I had seen Jesus and where right. I was headed at that point because maybe it would have scared me a little bit, but no I sure. got out so I just stood up and start getting high again the next day and doing stupid stuff. I wanted wow. to quit, man right I think you know what's interesting is when whether it's sin or it's just something that's a bad habit, mm-hmm. most people want to quit. They do. I think in at mind. some
0: point, I think at some point, yeah, I would agree with that in the beginning, just like you said, like I, I liked getting high and partying and, and the drug use and the whole, the whole lifestyle behind it. But that's that that was before it became like criminal behavior and stuff like that. When I started to see the wake of destruction behind me is when I started going, oh, man, I really want to quit. But but you don't you don't have the ability to do so. You, you know just, what I mean?
1: Yeah. So let me show you my shirt, man, because I went to school.
0: (laughs) So it's like 1994. Kevin just walked off the stage in sixth grade. They gave him a dare shirt, dare to keeping kids off drugs. And what was funny when Kevin told me he was going to buy this shirt, he sent me a text message and he's like, hey, bro, it didn't work. (laughs) Dare did not keep you or myself off of drugs, unfortunately. Oh, man, that is so good. He's wearing a what shirt. It, <laughs> I don't, I don't even remember know what, what it the acronym. Neither do I. Something to do that, with drugs,
1: bro. If we make a clothing apparel, I'm gonna cross this out, and then we'll put Jesus <laughs> yeah. right on top of it, dude. And Keeping we're gonna Keeping kids so, off
0: drugs. So, oh, that's. Hey, Kenton, that's show me the
1: money. That's Ken's my spiritual father. He's always joking about me, so we'll just we'll sell some shirts and be able to raise some money.
0: Right so let's let's go back um i kind of sidetracked us a little bit and i know people are probably annoyed with Why are you sidetracking him right now he's in a good part of his testimony so go go back and uh talk a little bit about that night when your mom found you and, and what what your mom shared with you after the fact and how she actually got there
1: yeah so I don't even remember being in the right state of mind to really remember this. I think my mom's the one who shared the story with me, but she would, right. uh, be at home and my dad, you know, he was smart, I guess, in the aspect of not being codependent. He's like, sure. you know, just leave him. And because they had tried Self-love. to help me, man, sure. dude, they tried to help me so many times and I just didn't do it. Uh, so, but apparently she would just pray and she would just be worried and she's like lord just 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 tell me where he's at and it'd be like 2 3 o'clock in the morning and she would just be up at night praying and praying and praying and she would had no idea the way she tells the story is my dad was like hey just go to sleep you're suffering you're worried he's out having a good time doing all this other stuff and she's like no i love my son i'm going to get him i'm going wow. to get him and so she would get in the car and i don't i mean this was only jesus and she would just get in the car and just start driving and there's this this spirit or an angel would just kind of tug on her arm and sometimes it's not instant so she would get to a certain stoplight or street light stop sign whatever and just stop and then she would start praying again and then just wait and there's a there's there's a whole uh topic we could go on waiting right. That's waiting something the i've Lord. had to learn too yeah 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 so anyway so she, she it got her the Holy Spirit would just tug on her arm and then so anyway she ended up finding me down there in the middle of San Diego and saved me I mean I don't know you know we always wonder why things happen the way they do but we don't mm-hmm. ever see the future that's the thing you know sometimes I think of when people pass away or you know and we're like Lord you know I'm so mad you took somebody out of my life that you know I've loved or but we don't know what they were gonna potentially suffer Yeah. And maybe that's one of the best things that ever happened. I know it's not always for us, but you know, anyways, I don't want to get too off topic, but yeah. So, so yeah. Anyways, just crazy, crazy thing with my mom. And so it didn't help. She helped me get into treatment and I remember she would just come down she'd be like, you're going to rehab. And I'm like, okay,
0: you know, so, so let, let, let me understand this. Um, it you going to rehab wasn't because you're like I need to get my life clean it's because your mom was like you need to get your life clean and so instead of fighting it you just went to rehab but you know kind of what tell me about what was kind of going on behind the scenes in your mind every time you would go to rehab because I, I i know your testimony um and i know you went multiple times
1: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like a repeat offender. <laughs> oh, man. So I I think in, in the midst of all of these things, and this isn't even just with drug addiction. I mean, this is even sure. in other types of things that I've been stuck in or, or been bound to in my life that I had a desire every time I went to sleep you know, once, like you said, once the, the repercussions and the bad things started happening, I wanted to quit. I just didn't know how and I didn't have the power to do it on my own. Right. And so sometimes I would go and then I'd go to detox and three days later I'd get out and the first thing I would do is go and get high. But I mm. wanted to quit. I just right. didn't have the power to do it. Yeah. And so th- go ahead. No, you're fine. Go. So I ended up going into this Christian. So God has always used women. I've shared this a long, long time ago, but God has always used women to get me closer to him. So that's just for me. It's always been women, yet I'm still single. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But God knows how to get my attention. He knows how to get your attention. He knows it's like the Psalms 139. He knows knows what he needs to do in order to grab your attention. It's just a matter of, are you going to listen? Because if anybody ever gets to heaven, they're going to look back. And when God goes, you had this opportunity, this opportunity, this opportunity, I guarantee you, there's going to be hundreds and thousands of different times where God sent somebody into our life to intervene, to give us an opportunity to get right with him. And we just loved our sin too much that some people unfortunately choose just to continue in it. but they just don't understand the relationship because if they did they they would find all of the love and the grace and the mercy and everything that they've ever wanted in everything that they're seeking after in their life right so but so yeah i ended up going to this christian rehab because my girlfriend broke up with me and i was like there was 30 day program. There was a 90 day program. And I'm like, well, shoot, man, 90 days, she's going to find another dude. So <laughs> I'm going to the 30 day program. Right. And it happened to be a Christian one. It wasn't that I chose God, but he knew what he was doing. Like I said, sure. so I ended up going to this Christian rehab and it, and it actually really planted a seed. And they taught about the Holy ghost and speaking in tongues. And I had witnessed that. I just didn't, really they're like oh yeah you're speaking this like jewish heavenly language or something i don't even remember i think some guy said like yeah i speak i learned how to speak hebrew and i was like oh so i just assumed it was all like a jewish thing
0: All right, folks, that's all we have for this week. If you gained anything of value from this week's show, remember to go and leave us a review, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on. It greatly helps us to get this out to as many people as possible. We're so grateful for each of you, and make sure you tune in to the next episode to hear the rest of Kevin's story of being addicted and then redeemed. We love you guys, and remember this. The truth can't change your heart if your ears have shut the door.